Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Hello everyone, it's Christopher Greer from Pop Collaborate and Listen. Thanks for tuning in again. We've got another new episode for you this week. We are covering the next number one album from 1991, which is Queen's Innuendo this week. Neither Dave nor I had really heard the album before, so this was brand new to us, so it was a, you know, a nice one going in. You may have noticed, obviously, that it's me doing the intro again. Dave is just back from Edinburgh. He's had a, a month doing the Fringe, so he's uh, only just got back at 4am and couldn't be arsed doing the intro, if I'm honest, so that's why you've got me. Hope you don't mind. Uh, I've had a ridiculously busy bank holiday weekend, the end of August here. It's been really sunny, and I run a pub with a very nice beer garden, and so we have been insanely busy. It's my first day off in about 14 days, and so I've decided to go day drinking, to be honest, because it's still really sunny, and I live by the beach. That's by the by, don't worry about that. By the way, in case you aren't following us on various social media, and if not, go and do that right away, you may not have seen that uh, after our last episode, which was on Jesus Jones' Doubt album, Jesus Jones himself actually listened to the podcast and really enjoyed it, apparently. They were very complimentary. They said that we got some of our kind of our suppositions right about the marketing and the production of the album and what was going on back in 91 with the band. And so it was really nice. They got in contact on our Twitter, which is at PCL Podcast, if you want to go and have a look at that. So I was really chuffed. I'm just glad that it was one of the albums that we actually enjoyed, that uh, we had an artist listen to their own podcast. Had it been, for example, Enigma, we probably wouldn't have got the same response. But anyway, that's enough from me. Please do follow our social media and get in touch with us if you've got any comments or uh, feedback that we, we should be hearing. In the meantime, enjoy this episode and uh, we'll see you again soon. Welcome to Pop Collaborate and Listen. This is Season 2, Episode 4. My name is Dave Fensom. I'm Christy Greer. Uh, We're here with Waffles Tea Dog. All right, Waffles. He's 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 asleep. asleep. Oh, I just disturbed him. He looked at me. Sorry about that, mate. Yeah, I mean, we are here on what is essentially the hottest day of the year so far, isn't it? It's insanity, yeah. It's It's fucking awful. I mean, I'm I'm of swarthy stock, right? But Christy, you're from the Ireland. The Ireland. I'm from the Ireland, yes. Yeah, how's the the, the weather (laughs) treating you? Yeah, we're we're absolutely not used to this at all. No, I This is fucking ridiculous. It's, I love it. I must admit, I do love this stuff, but I am not made for it. No, I mean, you, you, you've you pinked up already. We're in a dark room. Mm. Well, that's just being in a room with you, Dave. Yeah, of course it is. Pinked up. Pinked fuck up. <laughs> yes. Oh, I like that website. <laughs> oh, mate. Not me, Governor. Your mum listens to this. Anyway. And it's on that website. Hey. No. So, uh, yeah, we're here. We're here to talk about uh, Queen's Innuendo record. Yeah. Yeah, the fourth number one of 1991. Nice. Uh, so we are into February at this point in 1991, because we've had a load of one-week 
uh, yeah. at a time albums. And to be honest, we've got a few more on the way. And this was also, and this was number one for two weeks, actually. This is breaking the mold a little bit. It's number one for two weeks okay. uh, from the 10th to the 23rd of February. And we really were lulled into a full sense of security last year, weren't we? Oh my God, it, well, everything just was there. Okay, you had whatever, the Christians and maybe the Charlatans were one-weekers. But there were so many were there for a month at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this year, 1991, is totally different. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, where I mean, where are you with Queen? Queen, I mean, as everyone does, everyone knows Queen. Everyone yeah. has their favourite Queen songs. In 1991, I knew Queen because, some, you know, in my family, they had the Queen Greatest Hits album. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think anyone was trying to introduce me to actual albums of Queen, mm-hmm. and I wasn't interested enough to search it out myself. I liked the singles. And I remember the kind of the big cheesy ones coming out in the mid-80s when I was more aware that I want to break free and those yeah. sort of things. But I, I didn't particularly... I, I didn't feel strongly enough to investigate them as a band. Okay, so you're calling I want to break free a cheesy single? <coughs> well, yeah. Oh, is that a cheesy single? Oh, sure. It's a, it's a big, fun single. I don't know if it's, don't know if it's that cheesy. Oh, I, well, when I say cheesy, I mean it's not like... It's not one of their rockers. Yeah, you know? it's not a... Tie your mother down. Sure, yeah, it's not it's not that. It's a bit silly. It's got that ridiculous well, what we find out was a guitar solo, not a synth solo. Yes indeed. Um and the video was kind of tongue in cheek oh, as well. Yeah, for, so that's for me, that's what I mean by cheesy. Okay. The, the more fun end of Queen, I suppose. Yeah, so I mean so um no, but what about you? What's your relationship with Queen? I mean I'm do you know what? I'm I'm much the same. I'm kind of a I'm a greatest hits fan. I mean I you know yeah. I if if Queen were, you know, Freddie was with us today, I would be absolutely... If I hadn't seen them already, they'd be top of my list of bands I wanted to see live. Where'd you see them? Oh, I never did. Oh, sorry. All right, yeah. No, if they were still alive, I'd, I'd definitely want to see them live because yeah. they look like, you know, such a, such a phenomenal show. And what a, what a back catalogue of greatest hits. Indeed. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I again, I had the greatest hits records and I never had the time, inclination or money at the time to go back and yeah, sure. delve into albums have, have you since have you ever either on you know spotify or if i don't know if you've got any downstairs or whatever have you ever put on a queen album no that wasn't a great state no me neither i, I didn't realize that either i went mm. that, that has kind of this has kind of dawned on me oh see okay right. record this is so this is the first album for you that yeah. you've listened to all the way through same with yeah me. i mean I, yeah that's the thing you know if you ask me uh, am i a queen fan i would probably say yes mm-hmm but I've realised throughout this process I'm probably not as big a fan of, of them as I uh, I would have thought I was, if uh, you know but, Yeah, I know what I mean. Um, a true fan could come up to me and play me a load of album tracks that are probably very good, yeah. and I wouldn't even realise they were Queen. Sure. If, you know, apart from the, the I mean, to be fair, it. though, they did have a habit of releasing quite a lot of singles off of an album, didn't they? They did. Well, this one especially. Yeah. Right? Uh, looking through, there are 12 songs on this on this album, mm-hmm. and we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight of these were released as singles in various uh, sure. countries, not all in the UK. Oh, yeah, well, but yeah, okay. I'm yeah. trying not to blow my load on a later comment. Quite, but yes, this is uh, full of releases. I'm not going to say singles because some of them shouldn't have been singles. Yeah, but yeah, this is this is full of releases. But of course, like you can't discuss this album without kind of discussing the backstory in terms of where this comes in Queen chronology. Very much in that this is the last kind of official studio album that they all worked on together yeah. where Freddie Mercury had any real great level of input. Obviously, it was being recorded whilst he was uh, uh, very unwell, yes. until coming towards the end of his life. Yes, yes. Uh, and his abilities were at various stages of 
yeah, impairment. I- impairment throughout. And obviously there's a, depending on which kind of version of events you read, either there were some real kind of amazing lightning one takes on mm. some of these vocals in this record or things were a bit more laboured. You know, it's it, I think the truth and the kind of the legend there seem to, uh, I've read quite a few conflicting accounts yeah, uh, but it, but it is absolutely true. He died in November '91, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, and this was released obviously in February. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it was recorded throughout. Well, I think maybe tail end even of '89, all through '90. Yeah. And they had meant it to be out for Christmas 1990, mm-hmm. but because of his health and they couldn't get the recording done as they wanted, it was pushed back to the very start of the next year. So I think you're right. There are reports of this didn't go as well or as smoothly because of. The health issues. So anyway, we always start uh, by taking a look at the album cover. Yeah. So what have we got here, Krista? Yeah, we've got kind of uh, what's it like a hand-drawn illustration yeah. of a clown in a very traditional clown outfit mm-hmm. uh, juggling some balls. Yeah, but he's also standing above the planets and juggling, juggling the planets. Juggling planets, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so it's like, it's like a kind of a godlike clown figure. Yeah. Kind of, I don't... Uh, I'm not entirely sure I fully understand the symbolism of it. No, I don't either. And I don't know what it's got to do with the album title, or if anything. I mean, there is a banana. Well, <laughs> that could be the entirety of it, yes. I mean, banana is the king of innuendo. innuendo that's true. But uh, I, I think this is... But I suppose I'm looking at this from someone who didn't have any Queen albums, right? Yeah. And I suppose if you look back at their other album covers, they're all a bit weird as well. Sure. Uh, so maybe this isn't out of the ordinary for Queen, but I don't think it's a good album cover. No, I don't dig it. No. I don't super love it. Uh, I don't hate it. I think this is also a strange one to be putting out in 1991, maybe. Uh, I think this looks like an 80s album. Yeah. I don't know why I have it in my head, but it looks like an 80s album to me. Yeah. And for them to be doing this, and as, I mean, obviously they didn't know it was going to be their swan song. But as the last piece of artwork they put into the world, it strikes me as a very strange idea. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe there is a, a deeper significance to this that we have not uncovered. If well, yeah. there is, email in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, indeed. Educate us. Queen fans, if there's something behind this that we're not picking up on. But, you know, there are plenty of good bands that have shit album covers. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, plenty. Yeah. No. Here's a question, right? Here's Go a on. question. Can an album be a classic album if it's got a shit cover? Hmm. I would say yes, simply because usually by 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 dint of what is inside the album, if yeah. it becomes a classic, I think suddenly the artwork becomes synonymous with that and it, yeah. it, it raises it up. Yeah. I mean I and there is also the fact that, you know, I mean, the answer has to be yes, because if you if you can defend the original album cover for Appetite for Destruction. Oh, yeah. That's a fucking, that's a, a dodgy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's beyond dodgy. It's, it's just it's, fucking out of order. It is, yeah, it's, exactly. But that's why they changed it. Yeah. Yeah. I still got a t-shirt with it printed on the back. Wear it often? No. No, strangely no. enough. No. Didn't realise it had it when I bought it, just to be clear. Oh, really? Either that or I was young. And, and it was edgy. Yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't. But. <laughs> a couple of just different stats about this. Uh, this is the band's 14th studio album. So okay. it's a decent long career they did have. The first one was in obviously the early 70s. Um, this got to number one in the UK, as obviously, as because we're talking about it. Also in Italy, Holland, Germany and Switzerland. And it was the first Queen album to go gold in the US since their 1984 album, The Works. Okay. So it's, it was, at the time, from reading some of the reviews, it was seen as 
a bit of uh, not return to form because they haven't gone particularly off form. Yeah. But it was seen as uh, a high point in their careers. It, it was it was on the way up again okay. from what people seem to be saying about it. I guess this is a lot of Queen fans. It's not necessarily music critics of 1991 because the world was changing. But Queen fans did seem to think that this was a particularly good Queen album. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, Rolling Stone, even, they did say it. They called it their one final classic in a, in a kind of posthumous review. Okay. They they have na- labelled it as that. I think that's also to do with a lot of looking backwards after the fact of Freddie dying and seeing how those lyrics work in terms of that story. Sure. Okay, I get that. I yeah. get that. Um, well, obviously, we're coming into it from, uh, you know, kind of we're coming into this for 20-some years removed. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, and having never heard the whole album before. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're, we're very, very, you know, out of step with anything that was going on. I mean, back then. I mean, I'm sure. Do you? I mean, I remember the singles from this when they came out. I do. Well, not all of them, but some well, no, of them. Jesus Christ, no. I yeah, I remember the big ones, uh, but also I was so uninterested in New Queen at that point that I really, while I was aware of them, I didn't pay any attention. Fair enough, but I tell you what, though, what did have a massive impact on me mm-hmm. was the Freddie Mercury concert the, f- the following year. Oh, you've spoken about that before, actually. Yeah, I didn't even see it. Oh, mate, I loved it. Yeah, uh, yeah. is that the first time you saw Metallica or something yes. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was well behind the curve. Right, on that. sure, so, okay. Like, you know, I kind of uh, yeah, going into sixth form college, just got into Metallica, just ahead of the curve. But nice. I was yeah, I was not one of the cool kids. I was not a right. super metal. But that's also no, where that um, Elton John and George Michael. Yeah, Axl Rose as well. Axl Rose. It was a whole, yeah. Oh, I loved it was it. a big old thing anyway, yeah. yeah. I loved it. From th- hearing you speak about it, I realised that it was a big deal at the time. It just completely passed me by. Yeah, okay, you missed out. Oh, I'm sure. You'd have loved it. For sure. Anyway, right, so should we bang in uh, track one? You got any other notes? Only that, in their time, including the best of and stuff like that, they've released 18 number one albums and 18 number one singles, which nice. is a pretty good going for a band. And apparently, and I, can't, I didn't make any notes on which ones, but apparently they're, I think, the only band where they've had number one singles written by each of the members. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking, surely the Beatles did that, but then I was thinking, which Ringo one got to number one? Right, so should we bang yeah. into track yeah, one? Yeah, absolutely. So track one uh, was is the, Innuendo itself. The title the track. Title track. Title track. And it was title the... Title track. Nice. And it was the first single as well. So yeah, very dramatic oh, intro. Oh yeah, epic, kind of got that marching band kind of yeah. drum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's got a sci-fi feel to it as that, as that synth comes oh, in, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, true. Oh yeah. Oh, bit of, bit of Eastern guitar. He's hit the stomp box. Oh yeah. This is a quality intro. This is definitely very kind of sci-fi tinge, though, mm. isn't it? While the sun hangs in the sky and the desert has sand. There you go, Freddy. Yeah. Come on, Fred. While the waves crash in the sea and meet the land. This is all okay. the bluster you want from the Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, this is... But, I mean, it, it's hooked to me already, this one. Yeah. Straight away. I remembered it from the time, sure. But going back to it, I was like, oh, this is good. This yeah. is fucking... I like this. It's kind of got a bit of a God gave rock and roll to your thing oh, feel yeah, as okay. well. Sure. Sure. But I mean, the, the one that they say uh, they were thinking of at the time, and the one that's a little bit of a rip-off, so we could say, is Cashmere. 
it's Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely got a kind of a, a cashmere feel to it, but it hasn't got kind of got that, those like, like rhythmic stabs that you get in uh, cashmere. Though. Yeah, no, they're going along that direction. They they said it was an homage to cashmere. It's not yeah. a direct rip off, but they, they said it was a similar. That's what the feel they were going for was that. And also, he's talking about things like the deserts and the the, the wide open spaces like cashmere yeah. did as well. So that's where they're they're pointing this song. Talking of cashmere, uh-huh. today's a bit of a sweater, isn't it? Oh fucking Christ. Oh boy! I know it is hot today, though. Oh, oh. you started this, oh. right? So I'm enjoying it so far. I'm really into this at the minute. Sure, like all the kind of the synths, the pomp, and the bluster. Yeah, enjoying that, enjoying it, enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, there's like it's, it's also a song made up of parts, isn't it? Because it's six and a half minutes long. Yeah, song. but I'm enjoying it up to a point, mm-hmm. and then the Spanish guitar comes in. Right. Yes. And I'm like, why is this here? Oh, okay. Let's see if I can find a bit of that. Uh huh. This has happened. I mean, I feel like someone just put a George Formby song in the middle of Star Wars. <laughs> but then again, this is, you know, when you think of Queen, they're not a band who are afraid to fuck about with a song format and put in some weirdness. No, you're right. And I, and I obviously I'm not against that, but mm. I think this is a weird choice. Well, you see, I think it works because when this happens, I'm like, oh, okay, right, so we're going kind of more... Yeah, but this, this is fucking ridiculous. This I, shouldn't I like be in this. this. It's flamenco guitar. Fuck off. Oh, I do. I like this. This is rubbish. You know, this is um, the guitarist from Yes as well doing this. Uh, well, yeah. you should have said no. <laughs> hey. But yeah, I like. I do. I like this. Like, it's it. No. It, it's mental, but I, I'm okay with it. Because it does all this, right? See, I think this. I think this solo. This whole solo is out of place. Okay. And then, but then I put afterwards. Then it gets very silly. But well, then it gets silly. Yeah, this, see, I don't find it silly. I just find it irritating. Oh, I see. You can't be it's a little operetta. Yeah. Yes. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, I find this very silly. Oh, for sure. Well, this is ridiculous. But but then when they kind of overdrive the Spanish guitar. Yeah. Well, yeah. When, when Brian May gets his hand on that. But, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know what it sounds like. Uh. Go on. It's just every power metal band ever. Listen, oh, listen, listen. Oh, God, yeah. Fucking Sonata and Art... For Sonata Arctica or whatever the fuck they're called. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I mean, this this sounds like Metallica to me. Um, Mate, that, that sounds like mid-80s Metallica. I mean, I think there's a million reasons why it doesn't, but... That, that, that dual guitar, the harmonics on that, bit of Iron Maiden. Yeah, Maiden, I'll give you. Oh, yeah, but okay, so it, there's a lot of stuff going on with this song. Yeah, then it, it drops back into it, it's kind of stomping, like you say, six minutes 30. Yeah. Their but, longest single. Oh, really? It's 30 seconds longer than Bohemian Absolute. Fuck me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a statement opener, isn't it? Well, uh, yeah, definitely is. I think definitely. I think it's a good opener. I, you know, I, I find the Spanish guitar regrettable okay. I wish I hadn't bothered and that little operetta bit you no I like that. the I like the operetta oh, bit oh like, you think it's silly but you like it yeah okay see that's those those, ah. those two distinctions for me I think the Spanish guitar is like why is it a Spanish guitar right. if, it, if, if it had been that other Spanish guitar with the overdrive on it you know the ridiculous yeah. I'd have been all in but uh, yeah just I, don't think it fits the song okay but you know solid opener for me oh definitely definitely yeah. I, I was in at this point and uh, from the times I listened, I've listened to this a few times mm-hmm. over different days to, to you know make these notes. I went back to this when I put this uh, this song on a few times. I really fucking like this. Okay, wicked man. Yeah, Fair very play. happy Fair with play. that. Um, the uh, lyrically as well, uh, it's 
an uplifting song and that Freddie Mercury is trying to urge humans to be better and to throw off your yokes and restraints and this sort of stuff and uh, be yourself. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so it, I think personally for him, <clears throat> it's a... And again, this is always looking through the prism of he's dying and he knows he's dying. Yeah. There, he's trying to give a message to everyone saying, don't let anything hold you back. You know, Take your time when you can. Mm-hmm. Be the best you can be. All these things. So I like that positive message. And it's a fucking stomper of a riff. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I think you like it slightly more than I do. Possibly. Um, yeah. And it's all about that Spanish guitar for me. Okay. Okay. Um, the but, paella experiment, we'll call it. <laughs> Fine. Um, paella and- Fitzgerald. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, That's it, terrible. It, 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 it was, it, thing is, it is made up. It's a, this is a jigsaw. This is a patchwork song. And every single bit was recorded at a different time. And they just put it together. So that's why it sounds like it's all over the place. Because it was. But I like the, the, the stringing of it together. I, no, I, I like the fact it's all over the place. I just wish one of those places hadn't been Spain. <laughs> okay. that's, that's what I wish. Fair enough. Also, I did watch the video for this. And again, okay. I don't think I'd ever seen it. It was probably on the charts and stuff at the time. I never, never saw it before. And it features each... Uh, it, it's like... It starts off with that clown from the album cover. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a circus background. It's claymation stuff. And then there, all these claymation figures are watching a big screen of the band. Mm-hmm. And each of the band have been rotoscoped in a different style. Okay. Uh, different classic... Art, art style, apparently. And you can see some of the Freddy footage is him at Live Aid. It's the classic yeah. white vest, you know, arm and fist in the air pose. And I do wonder whether that was because they couldn't make a video with him looking how he did at that time. Oh, I wonder. I mean, that's certainly an issue for some of the other videos. Yeah. In, in the other videos for the singles, there are bits where he... It's obviously him at the time, he doesn't do well, but yeah. I wonder if this first one, he was just particularly... And the record company weren't sure how people would react. Entirely possible. Yeah, that's what Entirely. I figured. Well, I, mean, he, I mean, he wasn't even public with it at this point. No, he wasn't at all. I mean, well, was, not until the day before he died. Well, there were a lot of rumours about that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Right, okay, so should we go for track two? Yes, indeed. Okay, track two is I'm Going Slightly Mad. Okay, this is another single, second single. It was, right. So uh, Innuendo came out in January 91, and then... I'm Going Slightly Mad came out in March. Yeah. So, yeah, second single. Okay, so it's got this kind of ethereal kind of bounce. Yeah. When the outside temperature rises And the meaning is also so clear One thousand and one yellow daffodils very theatrical that's the word for it yeah yeah are they trying to tell you something you're missing that one final screw you're simply not in the pink my dear to be honest you haven't got a clue I don't like that synth line at all no I don't I really don't but I'll be honest with you um, obviously, I didn't. I didn't like this song at all at the time. The no. song I took against. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, it. right. The song about it. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it just feels like a bit of a novelty record to me. I've got novelty written. I think it sounds absolutely like a novelty song. It's pretentious as shit. Yeah. Um, I don't like the the whole sound of it. No. And they say that they were going for this kind of Noel Card feel. Uh, yeah. The, the his the little because all of it. 
is the lyrics are all kind of one liners about I'm I'm a little bit mad. Yeah. I'm on one screw short or yeah. I'm blah, whatever it is. And they're all just that little bit twee. All a little bit on everything's a little bit on the nose, isn't yeah. it? And yeah, and yeah, I, I I get what they're going for. This kind of arch, kind of mm. raised eyebrow, kind yes. of camp barb to everything in it. Yeah, sure. But it just doesn't work for me. It's just Not at all. it doesn't commit enough to the weirdness, well, or uh, or do it in a way that is pleasing to mine ear. Well, sure, yeah, that's true. Because the main thing for me is. If you took his vocals off, yeah, because I mean, the vocals, I don't like what he's done with his voice in this no, either. I don't really. But if you took his vocals off and just maybe that instrumental, I'd be like, this is fucking dreadful. Yeah, this I is agree. bullshit. But there is one bit in here where he goes, ooh, ooh, ah, uh, ah, uh, and I really like that bit. <laughs> if we just play, if we just put that bit in. But that that bit, really like that bit. Okay. So, you know, so, also, so, like for a second. Yeah, for a right. second, I like it. Yeah. Um, it sounds to me like Tim Curry's. Frankenfurter, yeah, uh, singing a silly no card song. And I, see, I think the interesting thing with Queen, right, is often the thing that is best about Queen in the best Queen songs is everything that is the worst thing about Queen in the worst Queen songs. In that you want that kind of kind of sense of heightened drama and experimentation. Okay, right. and you theater. want yeah, theatre. You want things to be kind of bombastic and kind of ridiculous and right. you know, absurd. I okay, guess, sure, time. yeah. You want all of those things in there. And when they all come together perfectly, you've got like flash. Which is, oh, okay, sure. which is ridiculous and overblown and bombastic it's and all mental. those things, uh-huh. right? But then when you get it wrong, you've got this. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure this song has got its absolute fans. I seem to remember it being quite a big single, but... Well, it, it, it peaked at 22. So... Oh, I remember it being bigger than that. Right, I, I think it, maybe it hung around for a while or maybe it was played loads beforehand and was just on the radio all the time. I'm not sure, but it, it 22 is middling. Um, right, so the weird thing as well about this, because it is... A very silly song, uh, and it's obviously just uh, you know them fooling about really. Mm-hmm. But there, I did read some stuff that said it is partially about Freddie Mercury's oncoming dementia that came with AIDS, oh, and so it was him uh, kind of admitting that he was going a bit mad because mm-hmm. there were times when he you know wouldn't be able to remember stuff and wouldn't be able to do what he used to be able to in the studio, yeah. and they were kind of a wink and a nod towards that with this song sure so even okay. though he hadn't admitted anything publicly it was a little bit of a a clue perhaps and that's the thing every time you start framing anything on this record through that prism yeah. it, you know you do have to be a bit of a dick to not oh god care about that do you know no, what I mean? for sure and it, uh, they're entirely within their rights to have this kind of gallows humor song because sure. if it is about him actually losing his mind Mm-hmm. Then yeah, that's a that's a dark little thing they're doing with it. Yeah, I know. Like I said, better song. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got no problem with the concept. I no. like I like my humour nice and dark. As mm. you know, but yeah, it's just it's just we can only judge these on the on the sounds. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think it's very strange that they made this the second single because yeah. after the big drama and the big full on uh, central riff of mm-hmm. innuendo, which it, that sounds like a Queen song, you know, a big yeah. Queen song, this is a proper throwaway album track for me. I would never have chosen this as single number two. Yeah, and I know what you mean. It, I would not have put it as track number two on the album. I mean, I think it's distinctive sounding. I do think yeah. it sounds distinctive, but I just don't like that. You know, I mean, you know, mm. fucking really foul shit is distinctive. Yeah, true enough. Um, you know, I don't want one. No. 
I mean, I've had one. <laughs> You've had many, my friend. Well, I get some delivered to me every day. I've got a dog. Um, anyway, so let's do track three. Yeah, track number three. Okay, next one. Yeah, track three, Headlong, was the third single, which was released in May of 1991. Wow, they've had... So they've gone track one, single one, track two, single two, track three, single three. Yeah, I mean, there was, in uh, alongside the March release of I'm Going Slightly Mad, they released a different one in Poland only. So yep. that's a different one. So that's kind of maybe semi-officially single number three, but yeah. this is officially single number three, track three, yeah. Unless you're in Poland, in which case, thank you for listening. Yeah. Like I said, we're straight into a galloping beat. Yeah. I mean, you immediately know where you are with this. This is like a... Sure. This is a, a queen stomper. Yep. You know? I mean, uh, you know, I, you kind of forget they do this, don't you, sometimes? This, I mean, they, you know, this is kind of... You know, you got the kind of, the, you know, hard rock and guitar. And that's, those indeed. are words I said out loud. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how Brian May would describe himself. Exactly. But it's like ACDC. Kind of, you know, it's got that kind of feel. Mm. Right. Um, yeah, man. I, you know, I mean, I do think... And I don't know whether I'm reading this into it from Harrods myself, but I do think Freddie's vocals sound a little bit thinner here okay. than they could do on other kind of right, yeah. songs. Because obviously he's got that big, powerful rock voice. Sure, no, that, you're right. This is a little bit uh, more restrained. Sure. Yeah. But see, I mean, I think this one, you know, out of everything we've had so far, I mean, I'll say everything we've had, this, this, is third, this is the third one. This is the most predictable what as a just as a straight head song yeah yeah in a good way for me this is, this is a straight down the line four four rock song yeah exactly yeah i've put here it won't change your life but you will have some fun while it's on i don't like this song i uh, see i really like this one do you yeah right. I, think I, I, I think it's a good fun this one i wasn't sure what it was about it i like it i didn't like about it because it was like oh okay this is more of what i would like than uh the previous song yeah. But I didn't get on with it. And then I read that this was initially... It's a Brian May written song. Yeah. And he initially was going to have this for his solo album, his 1992 solo album, which is the one with uh, Everything I Do Is Driven By You and Too Much Love Will Kill You. Yeah. And it clicked with me then. I went, it sounds like those. It sounds like a worse version of a Queen song to me. Right. It sounds mm. like one that should have been on his solo album. But there's quite a few of these records on here that were planned for that solo record. Yes, And indeed. members of Queen went, oh, actually, no, we'd do a better job with these. Yeah, I mean, the story is that he heard Freddie Mercury singing along to him in the studio, to this one in the studio, and went, oh, actually, this could be Queen. This is, let's yeah. do it for this one. But I think this is, again, I don't like the tune. I don't think there's much of an actual tune here. It's mostly guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just widdly, 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 Brian May guitar solo. And... The lyrics are fucking terrible in this. I mean, yeah, they are. Which I don't have an issue with, but if I don't like the song, I'm trying to get something out of it, and them going, hey, he used to be a man with a stick in his hand, hoop diddy diddy hoop diddy do. She used to be a woman with a hot dog stand, hoop diddy diddy hoop diddy do. That's awful. Those hoop diddy diddy hoop diddy do's are quite good in the record. Do you like? Oh, I think it's. Oh no, oh, I absolutely. See, I, I think it's bollocks. See, I know. I really like this one. Really? I, I, yeah, we have. A, this is. I'm interested that we're that disagreeing is, so much on this. I think this is. Yeah, I 
really think this is uh is, this is as if someone tried to do a parody of a rock song in 1991. Oh, see, I I really like this one. I think this ah. this hits a lot of a lot of kind of straight up rocker kind of Queen beats for me. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. You know, I can I can imagine hearing this live. Uh, I think yeah, I think oh, this is a good track. I give. You, I suspect it was good fun live. I, yeah. re- I reckon you could jump up and down to this as a Queen fan and have uh, have a bit of a fucking ball, but. Listening to this on the album, I don't like it. Ah, uh, see, I I do like this one. Uh, we're going to have to agree uh, to disagree on that one. Fine, okay. Or have a fight in the garden <laughs> to this song. Yeah, that would that... to the death. Yeah, yeah to this song. <laughs> right, take your top off. <laughs> um, this one apparently was the first song that uh, they sent to radio in America. This was what they wanted right. to introduce the album with, and that makes sense to me. I can yep. see why they would make that decision for mm-hmm. the states. It sounds like more of a classic radio-friendly Queen song, um, but. This is not what they did over this side for some reason. They thought maybe the UK could handle a bit more weirdness with innuendo. Well, there you go. Mm. And we could. Yeah, the video for this uh, is is one of the last ones where it shows Freddie Mercury in actual performance footage uh, in colour as well because some of the videos they did in black and white to try and keep his pallor issues to to whatever I'm trying to say. because the video of this was recorded before the videos for the other ones, the other singles. Yeah. So this was when he was at his healthiest yeah. of this. And it, to be honest, it looks like he's having a fucking blast. He's in the studio, they're playing this track. He looks like he's having fun. So it's nice to see that. It's kind of the, his last big kickoff, hurrah. But I wish he'd done it to a better song. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a perfectly good song. I, mean, I think you've been very unfair to it. Now you've got soup in your in the laundry bag. Now you've got strings, you're going to lose your rag. What? What? Yeah, but it's fun nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Obviously, yeah, but, yeah, but like nonsense is fine, you know. Oh, and, and they've got history with that, you know, who, Scaramouche, what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure, exactly. fair That's, enough. It's not offensive. He's not, you know, he's not saying anything. He's not like kind of like, yeah, well, the something else I want to bring up, I can't. Um, of course, no. it's about next week's podcast. Ah. But, um, yeah, it's not, you know, it's it's nonsense lyrics. They're, you know, they're not, it, it's not purporting to say something profound. No. So, I, you know, no. you know, I, there's plenty of songs where, where as long as the words sound right, that's fine. Even Hoop Diddy Diddy Hoop Diddy Do. Yeah. And I'm, is, is, right, is that, I'm, I'm is it, right with Hoop Diddy Diddy Hoop Diddy Do. <laughs> what you got against Hoop Diddy Diddy Hoop Diddy Do? Mostly the hoops. Okay. Well, and you the are, diddies. You're a fucking hoop. <laughs> I should call him P Diddy a hoop. <laughs> You should do it. I'll go next time I see him. I will. Fucking hoop. Yeah. Right. Let's do track four. All right. Track four. This is I Can't Live With You. Track four. I think it starts well because mm-hmm. you got that you got those kind of trademark vocal effects, right? And you got some really good Freddie ooze. Oh, there's a definite right? ooze. And then that's, that's some that's some proper Brian May guitar. Well, uh, yes, very much. And this is another one that was going to be on his solo right. album. Right. Yeah. And then, well, like I say, I think it starts well. What do you right. think of the rest of it? I don't like this song. No, I think it's a bit ordinary, it, isn't it? It's it's very ordinary. It's four and a half minutes of the same thing. It's yeah. really just. Freddie Mercury going, I can't live with you, yeah. I can't live without you, for over and over and over. It doesn't go anywhere at all. It's yeah. weird, because like you say, they've they've kicked off yeah. with a bit of impetus, 
but then there's nothing else happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally my all my notes for this are it's just a bit ordinary. I've got nothing. Yeah. I've got nothing to add to it. Yeah, and it's the sort of thing that I kind of feel like maybe I should like, and maybe if I'd heard it, no, that's a lie. If I'd heard it in 1991, I'd have thought it was bollocks as well. But I think I should be more inclined to like it because there is some of the ridiculous the montage stuff that we mm. we listen to, big guitar solos and that sort of stuff. But it doesn't hook me in at all and that's what that's all about it's all about hooks it's yeah about can can you strike a power fist to it i don't really think can, I can. can you can you can you grab the air and pull it down towards you not not in a realistic way that i'd want to people to watch me do exactly no. it'd be, you'd, be, you'd be pulling air half-heartedly and people would see it yeah and this the, the production on this it sounds again like it should have been released in by 86 87 it's got those synth yeah. drums rather than real drums uh i thought that the feel of it the the Temple reminded me of Ragdoll by Aerosmith. Yeah, that sort of loose, uh, but locked in. Beat I mean, to it. let's be entirely clear: bad, like musicians that did well in the seventies and eighties mm-hmm. did not traditionally fare well in the nineties. Not at all. You know, not at all. You know, so I mean, I, you, I mean, Christ, fucking, please don't write in. This is I'm not. I obviously wish Freddie Mercury was still alive, but. Is it good for their legacy? Type when he did. <laughs> he's up there with Lennon and Cobain in that way. Yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? I mean, what would they have done next? More terrible stuff. I mean, I wonder. I, yeah. I wonder whether that you know their next record would have been their like Def Leppard Adrenalize record. Sure. Well, you went. You saw what Brian May went and did in '92. Mm-hmm. It would have been that, but probably worse because it would have input from Deacon and Taylor as well. Yeah. I mean, you got you got to give. I mean, we've all had breakdowns after we've experienced loss, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Okay, sorry, Brian. And uh, and he, I think he was also breaking up with uh, his wife Anita. No, it's, it, uh, Dobson. What? Dobson from EastEnders. I think it was around that no, time. No, are they? Th- I thought they were still together. Oh no, I think that I. Th- I uh, think they're, I think they're still together. Let's uh, let's. Uh, oh, let's have a look. But I don't think so. I think they're. I think some of the stuff that he was writing, maybe even on this. I think this was kind of a breakup song for Anita Dobson. No, no, he didn't. He didn't marry. No, he was divorcing uh, Christine Mullen, his first wife, in 1988. Okay. He married Anita Dobson in the year 2000. Oh Christ! Oh, I see. Oh, it must be the first one that. Maybe he wrote this around the time they were divorcing then. Well, maybe. Let's have a look. Who knows? Oh, hang on a minute. Uh, yeah, they separated in 1988. May had met Anita Dobson in 1986, and she inspired him to write the hit "I Want It All." Oh, so fucking okay. that was all about uh, about what? Brian May wanting a bit of strange, a, a bit in a, a, having a mistress. Fucking hell! Wow, getting a bit of Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> he, he worked with her on that first record, though. Did you ever like when she did? Uh, she did a single called "Anyone Can Fall in Love." Oh yeah, to the to the theme, theme tune, tune of yeah. EastEnders. Yeah. Fuck me, that's bad. Awful. That's one of the worst ideas anyone's had. Oh, it's dreadful. And the, but the, also at the same time, wasn't that when Nick Berry also started his career? Yeah, but I also bear in mind I'm saying one of the idea, worst ideas anyone's had. I'm saying that in the week we've elected Boris Johnson. Uh, as Prime well, yeah, but it's still up there. <laughs> Politics. <laughs> but yeah, so all right. Well, that's the yeah. first four tracks. Yeah. Shall indeed. we have a, a brief sojourn into the world of the pop charts? Let's do it. Let's look at what the album charts were saying this week. Okay, so the album charts. We are looking this week at uh, the week from February 10th to 16th. Yep. So uh, I, I say this every time at the minute because 
we are doing one week albums so often there's not a lot of change in a lot of in some of this. Not. So we'll just quickly run through. Uh, number ten is Alexander O'Neill, which we've seen. Number yeah. nine is Jesus Jones Doubt, which nice. we did last week. Uh, number eight is Thin Lizzy's Dedication, which is a best of. Okay. And I don't know why that came out. I don't think there was a re-release of any of the singles or anything. I, I don't know what it was about. Anyway, that got back into the top ten. Number seven is Enigma. Fuck it, Enigma. Fuck Enigma. Fuck Enigma. Number six is Belinda Carlisle's Runaway Horses. Uh, five is Madonna's Immaculate Collection, still in there. Number four is Elton John's Best Of. Three is Chris Isaac's Wicked Game, which is a new entry this mm-hmm. week. Uh, number two is Gloria Estefan. Is it Estefan or Estefan? Estefan. Is it Estefan? Gloria Estefan's Into the Light, which is a new entry at number two. Well, so. it's undoubtedly dog shit. Yeah, well, yes, obviously it is, but I bet you there's one brilliant single. That's, well, I, I I remember every time the first single, or you know, the first, but every time I heard a single of a Gloria Estefan, I was like, "That's all right." I like that Oye Me Canto song. That's uh, awful. I like that song. Um, and oh, the the Miami Sign Machine ones are fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's where we are. That's where we are. But there are actually quite a few other albums this that were released uh, in these two weeks that are worth having a wee, wee look at. Boys to Men, Cooley High Harmony was released. Okay. Uh, I was entirely unaware of Boys to Men at the time. I don't even really remember the big singles when they came out. Oh, I was well aware of them. Well, I, was, yeah. I think I was in the middle of a bit of a swing beat. You, phase. you did love a bit of swing. I did. Yeah, R&B swing. I did. Right. Because Cooley High Harmony, do you know, was that their first one? Was that yeah. The 1991? Well, it was the first one I knew of. Right, sure. Uh, and would, would that have been End of the Road or was that later? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think so. It's, it's certainly. What was there? Um, what's the one where they talk about Philadelphia? Uh, Motown Philly. Motown Philly. Yeah. yeah, that's that's, that's it's definitely that era. Okay, fine. I think End of the Road might be later. Uh, Dinosaur Junior's Green Mind came out in these two weeks. Mm-hmm. Saxon's Solid Ball of Rock, which is a great album title. Of course, it is. <laughs> Solid Ball of Rock. It's not as good as denim and leather. No. Though, is it? <laughs> It's definitely not. Uh, the Butthole Surfers released, and there are various, apparently, ways to say this. I'm going to go with Pewd, because uh, right. it's spelled P-I-O-U-H-G-D. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, but that was uh, out. Yeah. Um, I do remember a friend of mine putting Sweat Loaf yeah. onto uh, a tape for me. Butthole Surfers did uh, some, has contributed some singles to the uh, the Alex Winter movie Freaked. Ah, okay. And I think, right. yeah, Sweatloaf was the main theme to that. Is that right? I can recall, yeah. That's I a brilliant that's where I first time I heard it. Yes, brilliant. It's brilliant. And that, I'd, I heard Sweatloaf before I heard Sweetleaf. So whenever I heard Sabbath's Sweetleaf, I was like, yeah. oh, I see. Prefer Sweatloaf, though. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dream Warriors and Now the Legacy Begins uh, yeah. was in and the charts. Ends. Yeah, indeed, it really did as well. Yeah. Canadian hip hop didn't go very far. Uh, there's some good Canadian hip hop out there, man. Well, there wasn't in 1991. Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, Faith No More live at Brixton Academy. You fat bastards. Yeah, that uh, that got to number 20 in the charts, apparently. Yeah, it was a big record, man. It's easy because Faith No More had, what, four fucking three top 10 singles? Probably. I mean, I, th- I think I think th- I think all three of them went top ten. Yeah, I might be wrong. I'd have, I'd, I mean, I've done no research at all, but I, from what I can, certainly top forty were epic, uh, out of nowhere, and um, uh, uh, falling to pieces. Right. Well, I mean, they were all definitely forties because I think we've seen them crop up in yeah. in various like, bits on here. But I, I'm just surprised that a live album got to number twenty. That's yeah. that's big going. Power to the people. Well, it's quite EPMD's business as usual. 
uh, was a new entry in this time period. Got to number 69, so it wasn't a hit, yeah, but sure. it was definitely... Hip-hop wasn't selling in the UK. No, no, it definitely wasn't. You know, I mean, I remember going to the States in, like, 91, and there being, like, Sam Goody walls of hip-hop. Right. And, you know, being like, this is amazing. Right, and it's, yeah. Like, 92, probably, actually, that would have been. Okay, okay, but you're right. It wasn't selling in any big way over here yet. No. Well, I suppose that's why Dream Warriors got to number 20, yeah. and yeah, EPMD got to number 69, because that's a pop hit. For Dream Warriors, uh, then also Ralph Tresvant, self-titled. I've, I had that album. Is that, did you? That's yeah. one sensitivity on it. Okay, right. Yeah, well, I, yeah, that, that was, was out. Yeah, I had a I had a US import of it as well. Oh, get you! I know, don't. Did you show that shit off at school? A little bit. Yeah, nice. I think I was trying to impress someone. And was, did it work? Nah, no, no. So. Check out my Ralph Tresvant import. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. Fuck it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what devil with the ladies I was. <laughs> Ah, okay. There you go. Those are uh, the main albums, anyway. So. Ah, cool. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting. Crazy. Green shoots, as always. Of course, yeah. Uh, like it, it is. It's, it's green shoots. You got some classic hip hop. You got business as usual. Uh, you've got two. I'm assuming relatively big releases for swing. You got Boys to Men and Ralph Tresvant. Yeah. And then you got Dinosaur Junior and Butthole Surfers and Faith No More. There you go. It's, it's a nice mix. It's, it's all good. happening, mate. It's all happening all in happening. the world of the music. Yes. Right. Should we gallop straight back into track five? You might as well. <laughs> Track five, then, is Don't Try So Hard. If you're searching hard for something, don't try so hard. If you're feeling kind of nothing, don't try so hard. Okay, so Don't Try So Hard isn't a bad message. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. And this is, this is a Freddie Mercury penned one as well. Yeah. So this is him. They're writing these words. A bit sparse, though, isn't it? Nothing going on. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just. I, I don't like that falsetto. No, I don't like it falsetto. I, I I don't necessarily have a problem with Freddie singing in falsetto, but it's there's no it's too not, much for me. Not for three and a half minutes with nothing else. No, it, it's it's very worthy. Yeah. And it's not a lot of fun. Oh, it's definitely not fun. I suspect. We, 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 I can't critique it for that because I suspect it's not supposed to be fun. It's a serious message. Yeah. This is this is Freddie Mercury knowing that he's on the way out, he's coming to the end of his time. And again, he's trying to give a message and uh, impart a little bit of wisdom to leave to the world. Yeah. He knows that he's going to have some bad days in front of him, but and he realises he's going to fail at some things that he used to be able to do, especially kind of you know, what we've talked mm-hmm. about in the studio. But he's, he's saying you need to let yourself off the hook. You can't uh, berate yourself too much for those things, they're yeah. going to happen and you need to just move on, enjoy what you can do and don't be so hard on yourself. That's that's yeah. the message. Don't try so hard. Yeah, and I think, you know, musically, uh, a little bit after two minutes in this track, it's probably mm. about two minutes eight, right. it kind of punches in a bit and then just very briefly is quite a bit more agreeable. Let's uh, find a bit of that. All right. Oh, yep. And that's fun. I'm like, okay, where's it going to go? Is it going to build? Is it going to build? And then, right. And then it does. Right. Years and years ago, I'm going to take you on a little bit of a story. Okay, go for it. This, right? Back in the days of, remember, like, Geosities. 
Oh, the terrible websites. Yeah. yeah. And like back to like kind of internet part one. And like instead of having a Facebook page or a MySpace page, you'd have a website. Yeah. Like people would just build these vanity websites to try and communicate with other dorks. Yeah. Right? And and the, the, web, the titles would be sort of geocities.com slash and then just some random crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it always black backgrounds with kind of graphics with some effect on. Lots of stuff would be repeated on the pages. Yeah, yeah. Now, I remember coming across in my early browsing days, uh, like a fan site that someone had put up, uh, dedicated to, uh, it was dedicated to Brian May. Oh, God. And then, in quotation marks, guitarist of light, end quotation marks. Guitarist of light. Guitarist of light. And literally, throughout this entire (laughs) website, whenever they referred to... Whenever they referred to Brian May, they wouldn't refer to him as Brian May. They would exclusively refer to him as Brian May, open brackets, guitarist of light, close brackets, right? And oh, wow. Bearing in mind that this whole website was about Brian May, he got mentioned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you'd read through it and be like, uh, Brian May, guitarist of light, was born in so-and-so sort of thing. from his early years, Brian my guitarist of light. Oh, fucking brilliant. so fucking funny. Oh, that's glorious. And like, basically, so this is a roundabout way of saying that what happens with the guitar after this is what I would describe as peak guitarist of light. <laughs> <laughs> kind of turns into like a bad space melodrama. Oh, beautiful. Okay. It's like not even space opera, space melodrama. melodrama right. Like hit, hit play and you just hear some of the things that happens and it's like, it's not great. Shocking. I mean, it is peak, isn't it? It's bad. I can picture his face when he's playing this. And he's just imagining the stars. <laughs> yeah, can't yeah, do it it's dog shit, and Awful. Yeah. Um, so like you say, sentiment-wise, for sure, it's a nice message. It's a good message. But this is a bollocks song. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank say, you. Uh, the delivery of it is really just takes away from everything that could be good. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. No, 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 thank you. Right, uh, track six track is called six. Uh, "Ride the Wild Wind." Ride the Wild Wind, and I think I'm right in saying that this is the one. This was released as a single in Poland. Oh yes. So. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Race cars. I must admit, when I, when I first put this on and properly listened to it, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. That little, the background bit of Roger Taylor, I'm yeah. assuming, going, live life on the razor's edge. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly embarrassing. Isn't it? For everyone, right? Yeah. For me, what I think this track is, in a weird way, it's Queen do the Pet Shop Boys to a certain degree. Okay, <laughs> right. Listen to the vocal. Get your head down, baby. It sounds more like Yellow's the race to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's got a bit of camouflage about it. Oh, yeah, that's true as well. It's a bit sure. of a... Bit of a <laughs> Stan Ridgeway. Stan Ridgeway. I yeah. couldn't remember the Ridgeway there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I've I've put here bad Roger Beefies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I also noted, live life on the razor's edge. Oh, they, why would, even why if would you, you say it? Why would you say it out loud on a song? And why would you say, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this bit again yeah. just because it cracks me up. 
the very the intro to this where the backing vocals come in It's like that bit in, uh, it, it's like every Mike Shinoda bit in a Linkin Park song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn. This is terrible, man. It's really, really bad. And a bit later on, Brian properly wanks out a chunky solo, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> it's what he do, mate. Wanking it out. <laughs> Total balls. Yeah. I mean, this is a Roger Taylor written song. Because yeah. he, because he likes cars. Apparently, he just wanted to write a song about cars. Yeah, and you know, th- there's, you know, it's fine to write a song about just saying you love. We'll get to the more of that later. Well, sure. Uh, but look, to me, I mean, it's laughably bad in places. Yeah. All right in others, but to me, it is the absolute definition of an album cut. Right. Okay. Sure. Apparently, if you're anywhere other than Poland, <laughs> yeah. Number one single. Well, I don't know if it was number one, but it was released as a single. I don't. Oh, know I think this was, was number, number one. one. Fucking me. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I think this was number one in Poland. Well, they've had a lot of hard times. This is. I mean, uh... they have, but you'd have thought they wouldn't have made it worse <laughs> for themselves. <laughs> I did read as well. Um, a lot of people said that the there's a very big similarity to Shakespeare's sister by the Smiths. Uh, on this, and if we play a wee bit of this. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a big fucking similarity in, uh, you know, between Queen and the Smiths, really, isn't there? In that both bands would be better off if their singer died in 1991. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> I mean Morrissey's just straight up cunt isn't oh, straight, oh absolutely yeah I, I, I love right I love this this is I, I love the fact that he lived through like the whole of the 80s like being feared and like kind of disliked and a lot of it you know because he had an alternative lifestyle maybe because he was a vegetarian he was mm, vocal sure. about those kind of things and I like the way he got to about 2014 2015 looked at the world around him and went ah oh, you know what people aren't bothered by vegetarians anymore actually vegetarians are it's looked upon as a good moral choice. Hmm, mm, okay then. How about racist vegetarians? <laughs> yeah, how does that tickle people? Is that, that going to work? Racist vegetarians? Yeah, interesting. Um, oh, wicked, mate. I'm going to write my new album on the back of Mein Kampf. Mm. Wanking over a picture of Farage. Fuck Morrissey is the yeah. point I'm making here. So Fuck you, Morrissey. I, I, I remember whenever he first started dabbling with all this crap about uh, waving the Union Jack uh, at his... At his Shows yeah. and people going, uh, it's borderline. Is is he trying to be racist or is he trying to just show patriotism, whatever it is? And I had it in the back of my head. Oh no, I think he's being misunderstood. I think he's doing this because he, you know, a lot of his songs are about England and that sort of stuff. And so he's just be he's playing a character. And I, I kind of forgave him some stuff back in ninety one or whatever it was, or yeah. well, that's probably mid nineties, ninety four, ninety five. And then it just it was an incredibly ongoing slope downwards. Every single thing he did from then on, you're like, oh well, I don't know if I can put this one, you know, on a possibly he didn't mean it track. And it just is it's now wound up as him. He should run for UKIP and you know move to Spain and be a, an expat. Uh, but ride the wild wind, bollocks. Yep, don't like it. Don't like track it at all. Seven, please, maestro. You say please. So- Right. I wrote a little side note on this one. Give it to me. Uh, a bit bored now. 
<laughs> right, yeah. A bit bored now. I'm getting a bit... It's, it's mm. like, I'm like, this is just musical collage, guys. Yeah. Give me a tune. Well, there's been nothing since those first couple of... Well, not the first couple, but the first three songs, especially for you, yeah. where there's actually any tune. No, especially for you, it was on the uh, Jason Donovan album. Oh, thank you. Okay. Lovely. It's not on this one. But you're right. This is just an ongoing tirade of nothingness. Yeah, I mean, for me, like this one, I, I wrote down Ski Sunday via Graceland. Because oh, there is okay. a bit where it sounds like the Ski Sunday riff, and but like with Ladysmith, Black Band, Malzo, right. BVs. Um, okay. And God's stuff isn't really my stuff. Yeah. I'm not that into it. I'm not sure what the uh, the biblical take here was. I don't, I don't know enough about Freddie's views on that to uh-huh. know whether the this has got an edge to it or not. But it just seemed like a fairly... Like, maybe, I'll tell you what it felt like to me. Yeah. It was like this is the final track from a musical that I haven't seen the rest of. Oh, okay. Right, this is the big summing up of everything that's gone on before. Yeah. Big final number. And I'm just like, this, mm. I've got no, I'm not invested in it. You're not doing enough musically to invest me in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got an unnecessary ending. It go, the ending goes on for fucking, a, a, a real pet peeve of mine, right? Yeah. And I can't believe I just said pet peeve. But a, a real thing that I don't like in music is where, like, if you've got a fade out, and you're just fading out over some of the rest of the track or what is an outro to the track. Yep. What I hate is when you go into a completely different movement of music that hasn't featured in the rest of the track. And as it starts, it's already fading out. Oh, so it's... Because just... all that says to me is that we wrote this thing and we liked it, but we couldn't make it fit anywhere. So we've just fucking tacked it onto the end. Okay, I see. And it's it's pointless. It's why have you done it? I don't like it. No. Okay, I, I can see where you're coming from. And the on fade that. on this, the fade, it's, it's like a forty second fade. It is a huge one. That's right. not a fucking fade. No, no, that is that's someone forgetting to turn the the slow fade off. What that, on the I'll tell you exactly what that is. That's the thing that made you. If you were listening to this on a Walkman. Right when you had Walkman, oh, you'd right, be yeah. like, "Oh fuck, my battery's going." Because <laughs> you think your volume's and it, like it's just yeah. a time to fuck with you. True. So I mean, if if that was the deliberate attempt here, a bit of kind of physical, oh, Beatlesque comedy, then fair play to you, Freddie. Get your laughs in, but <laughs> otherwise, fuck off. Yeah. Now this is uh, I again. I don't like this song overall, uh, but you know, in the same way, it is an ode to. You know, we're all the same. Stop being dicks to each other because we're all the same people. That sort of stuff. Again, positive message. Yep. For some reason, it is tied in with the God stuff. And I read a little bit around this and I saw that people were saying that Freddie Mercury wasn't a believer. He was not uh, an actual uh, Christian or a believer in God because mm-hmm. he said he, he couldn't bring himself to believe in a higher power from a book written thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. So why he's framed the sentiments in lines like... Uh, don't turn your back on the lesson of the Lord or make welcome inside your homes. Let us be thankful. He's so incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, very overtly religious uh, statements. I don't know why he's done it like that. Mm. Um, Whether or not, I mean, I think we mentioned this on some other one. Was it trying to, you know, appease a US market? Was it something like that? I do not know. Or perhaps it's one of the other members, Brian May or someone, has gone, no, I want this. I, I mean, I, I can't see that there's any sign of compromise on the rest of this record no, or appeasement. True. I can't, I can't see it being that. Anyway, I think we've spent enough time on oh, that. Oh, no, we haven't. Oh, no, have oh, we no. not? I've got oh, some shit on oh, this, right? Oh, fuck, really? Yeah, no, right, check this out. Oh, no. So, this, oh. this was written for um, Freddie Mercury's Barcelona project. Uh, in 1988 when he did the collaboration with Montserrat Cabal that Barcelona song yeah oh I thought it was about him always just having a bath on his own Jeez, I'm, I'm not even gonna 
talk about Barcelona. it. Mm, no, dreadful. Uh, so, uh, it was written in 1988, but uh, at the time, Brian May was asked to play guitar on it as a kind of a studio session, and then they decided they wanted it to be a Queen song. So it didn't get put on the Barcelona thing. It was kept for the Queen album. It's co-written by a guy called Mike Moran, mm-hmm. who was the, the whole driving force behind the Bar- Barcelona album. Uh, he co-wrote all the songs on there. He arranged and played all the keyboards and stuff like this. Uh, so he co-wrote this song, obviously. His pedigree, though, there's, he's, he's got some quality stuff in his background, right? See, the look on your face. This is, qual- this is all good. The, oh, really? Oh, yeah. well, no. Well. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, but he's got some shit, right? He uh, he scored the films, a couple of films for... Um, Oh, what's he called? George Harrison's Handmade yeah, films? Handmade films. Yeah, he yeah. scored Time Bandits and The Missionary. Nice. So, okay. Good start. All right, he did that. How, how many did he give him? Fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, he co-wrote the UK's 1977 Eurovision entry called Rock Bottom with Lindsay DePaul. Never right. heard of it. He co-wrote the themes, right, to some TV shows. Okay. Taggart. Nice. Chain Letters. Nice. And The Krypton Factor. I like The, the Krypton Factor. The theme's all right. Yeah. That's decent. But this is the one that got me. This is his crown and glory, if yeah. you ask me. He co-wrote Snot Rap with Kenny Everett. Fucking hell, yeah. did he really? Yeah, indeed. Amazing. <laughs> Sid Snot. That's oh. where he came from. That's his background, mate. So, why, why obviously, is, he works on a Queen album. Why is Kenny Everett never repeated? Is it? Is it? Is it really bad now? I bet you it is. Oh, I want to watch it. I bet it is. I loved Kim. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I thought it was hilarious. But, yeah, I suspect there's a lot of the Miss Whiplash stuff you can't get away with these well, days. maybe. Mm. Anyway. Right, okay. So there you go. That's uh, that's, that's, that's uh, what this song is. It's a mistake, if you ask me. I think this is another bad song. Yeah. I do wonder. I got, to, I got to this point, and you're saying you got a bit bored. I got to this point, and I wondered whether or not this album was... Becoming just full of, well, fuck, we need to release something and we're not getting anything better. Freddie's not going to make it much longer. We've got these scraps. So yeah. we've got these ones that Brian May was going to do. I mean, we've got this that should have been on the Barcelona album. So the question I'm asking myself is, you know, how much did the tragedy of Freddie's death play into the fucking reviews that this record got? Because I'm not hearing a classic record. No, I'm not at all. I mean, like, not even close to a classic record. No. And that's I'm not saying that Queen don't have classic records. I'm sure that they. Oh, people must. people say that the you know what well, day of the race is night of the opera. They say those are really absolute. It's well maybe British rock classics or whatever. But now this is big load of nothing. Oh, it's bollocks. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's do track eight. So track eight is these are the days of our lives. Yes. And this was another single. Because mm-hmm. uh, after we'd had Headlong, which was single three, uh, there was a US release of I Can't Live Without You, or I Can't Live With You, sorry. Uh, but then this was the next UK single. It was, it was released in December 91, so it was up, released posthumously as a double A-side with Bohemian Rhapsody. So these are the days of our lives. Anyway, here we go. Sounds like a George Michael song. Oh yeah. Yeah. Days were endless, we were crazy, we were young. The sun was always shining, we just lived for fun. Some 
I, that bit sounds like it's going, going, going to go into Radio Gaga. If only it went into Radio Gaga. Yeah, fucking hell. Look, man. Let's try again. I'm trying to be as even-handed as possible here. Let's yep. separate that. Given the circumstances, yep. this song is released in right. Like, yes, I do feel something when I listen to this song. Okay. You know, I do feel something, and it does. It does kind of touch some buttons. It it, it does elicit an emotional response. Sure. Okay. It does. Sure. Right. But it's but there is no cliche left unturned in this song. Absolutely. It's. I mean, it's just cliche laden. It's insipid. It is a ghost of better songs. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's got a real. It, it's a song that is a few years after its time. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, there's some reasons behind that. It's got mm-hmm. some '80s kind of soundtrack kind of connections to it. Yeah. But it's just, I, I just, it just doesn't. It just doesn't work for me, really, as a piece well, of music. No, I think you know. You said insipid, and I think that's exactly the thing. There is no bite to this at all. No. It's bland and grey and annoyingly so. Mm-hmm. It's wallpaper background, but it annoys me enough that I will hear it and get annoyed by it. Yeah, it's like okay, oh, I'm going to put this song on. When would you put this song on? My oh, Christ, at a funeral. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It's yeah. It's uh, not. It's not for me. No, uh, the, the, like you say, the weird thing is, obviously, lyrically, you can read so much into this about Freddie Mercury going, looking back yeah. at his life and going, uh, that we had some good times, didn't we, guys? And it's a shame everything has to end, all this sort of stuff. But it's written by Roger Taylor, mm-hmm. and it was written originally about his kids. And right. so, even though it fits... The, the the narrative that we are giving to it by Freddie singing it, yeah. it wasn't originally done for that. I, c- I imagine at the time Roger Taylor would have adapted some bits and said, okay, this is going to be a Queen song. We're doing it on this album. Yeah. Let's you know make some alliances and change some bits maybe. But it wasn't originally written as that looking backwards Freddie Mercury summing up everything. Yeah, but that's, that's what's good about lyrics though, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, no, I mean, it does, yeah, it works that way. You know, I mean, I'm fairly sure a good percentage of the lyrics that I've really got something out of in my life probably don't quite mean the thing that I've taken them to mean. No, of course. Because, you know, yes, you know, they're kind of little, little puzzles, aren't they, lyrics a lot of the time, and you, well, yeah. you, you solve them with what works for you. Well, indeed, like you say, you're a Tool fan. You yeah, know, well, exactly. A classic example of... What's he actually saying? Well, you, I can take it this way or that way. Uh, and let's just take a moment to say that Tool... I mean, it's been out there for a while, but they've yep. confirmed the album release date yesterday. Yes, indeed. August the 30th. Yep. Have, they haven't what? released a title, have will, they? No, not yet. No. Will this be out by then, I wonder? We, yeah, this was it's a, number four. Four, possibly. It'll probably, yeah. probably just be about out there. Yeah. But yeah, and a lovely bit of serendipity. That's the uh, the first day of my redundancy. I saw. Very That's nice. Fucking great. Well, yeah. Anyway, right. Uh, yeah, the sentiment behind this is very nice. It's all about, uh, looking back, glory days, you know, whenever they used to be young and the king of the world, touring everywhere and that sort of stuff. And I don't believe Brian May's ever been young. That's true, actually. I believe that he's a from May to December kind of character where he is always... <laughs> dis- that's where it came from because he's always been old. Right. I, th- I think age 19, he was looking he- after badges. <laughs> Group is like, do you want a blowjob? And he's like, I've just got to get down to the set. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. The image that you've given me there. Yeah. yeah I also you. have difficulty believing that Brian May wasn't born as a baby with a full head of hair. Oh, no, I absolutely believe that. Like, absolutely. I reckon, like... Because it would... I mean, I mean... Looking like King Charles. Yeah. He's, I, re- well, I reckon his... Mum didn't think she was giving birth. I thought that basically she thought that her vagina had just started growing hair much quicker oh, I than see. it previously yeah. had. 
I was going through a massive growth spurt because I can you imagine just pouring out of there just, just like a hairball? A kind of, yeah, it'd be like kind of black asphalt, wouldn't it? Just like rolling out of your vagina, mm. which I think should have been an album title. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he came out doing a solo on his cock. Nice. Thanks for that. <laughs> the umbilical cord. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's cock. <laughs> uh, the video for this is the last one that Freddie Mercury did, and the last line of it is him looking directly into the camera mm-hmm. and saying, I still love you, yeah. which I thought was a nice touch for the fans. You know, that's that's the, the uh, a send-off. Yeah. You know, it's a, a definite knowing, let's do this, I reckon. But song-wise, absolute cack. And again, fucking hell, this is a single. Uh, okay, it was a single actually in October before he died in the States, but it wasn't released until December as a double A side with Bohemian Rhapsody right. uh, over here. And that's a dreadful thing to do to Bohemian Rhapsody, which yeah. is, you know, this classic song. And you stick this shit on the other side of it, so this now becomes a big single. Terrible. Fucking dreadful. Oh, well. Yeah. Grief makes you do funny things, man. Well, apparently so. Right, that's track eight. Let's, let's delve into the singles. Okay, so yes, UK single top ten this week. There is fuck all different. There's like one track different in this from, from uh, the previous weeks. Right, okay. Uh, but it is tra- track number ten. I'm going to play it. And it gives it away at the start what it is. Okay. But I'm going to see if you can remember who did this. All right. Ready? G-L-A-D. Oh, this is a uh, this is a uh, Kim Appleby. It is Kim yeah. Appleby. Yeah. G-L-A-D. And can you remember what G-L-A-D stands for? Um, good love and dancing. Close. Devotion. Yeah. Good loving and devotion. Yeah. So that's number ten this week. Uh of her post Mel and Kim mm-hmm. career. Uh, number nine, Soho, Hippie Chick. Number eight, EMF, I Believe. Number seven, Alita Adams, Get Here. Six, Kylie, What Do I Have to Do? Five, Two in a Room, Wiggle It. Four, Praise Only You. Three, Nomad, I Want to Give You Devotion. Two, KLF, Three, M Eternal. And number one, moving up to number one, is The Simpsons Do the Bartman, which we've already established is fucking awful. But mm. number one album, or number one single. I don't know if it is awful. Oh, it's dreadful. I kind of love it. I liked it at the time, but... I was an idiot. Oh, yeah, I love Turtle Power. Uh, Turtle Power. Turtle Power is much catchier than Do the Bartman. Do the Bartman. Other notable singles released in this time period. Not much, if I'm honest. My Bloody Valentine uh, released To Hear Knows When, which okay. actually got to number 29 in the charts, which mm-hmm. very much surprised me. I didn't think anything they released would be in top 40. No My Bloody Valentine, no Mogwai. So, yeah. Oh, totally. And this is the thing. They were... At the time, hugely talked about, hugely faded in the press, all of this sort of stuff. Um, I think it would have been around this time, or maybe 92, that I heard Soon by them, and really liked that. But I'm just stunned that this got into that number 29 as mm. a single. But fair enough. Um, Tiger Tales. Nice. With, with a, a Z. Z. Yeah. yeah. Tiger Tales. Released, Sorry, with a Z. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Released a single called Heaven, which was a new entry at number 71. This week. So, hang on. What I generally know from uh, what's going on in the charts, yeah. okay, I, I, I get a shape of whether it was a big week or not by what comes out in which order. Yeah. The fact that the second track we're talking about is by Tiger Tales, yeah. it's not a vintage week, is it? It is not at okay. all. It's really slow. Do we need new features? 
we might have to do what TV shows were we watching yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly uh, and the only other one I've got is Julian Cope's Beautiful Love EP which I had at the time and actually really liked okay. but listened to it again relatively recently uh, cropped up on a kind of a spot for, oh, I've listened to that and it's not as good as I remember okay yeah I just remember uh, what was the, she walked to me. She made the sign of the cross. She said, "Julian H. Cope, you're a real dead loss." What's that on? Oh, is that the know. That was on as one of those kind of like 1991 albums. Oh, see, it was good. I remember really liking that tune, but that's about it. No, 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 couldn't tell you. Cool. Uh, so that's where we are, and just because we, we might as well have a wee thing in the states. The number one single was CNC Music Factory is going to make you sweat. Yep. And the number one album was still Vanilla Ice to the Extreme. I mean, they fucking love They just that went shit. on and on and on and on. So, yeah, single-wise, this is a poor week. Oh, it yeah. really is. Uh, nothing moving around in the top ten and nothing new coming out, realistically, that is, is worth it. Fuck it, man. In the interest of brevity, let's yeah. plow back in with let's track nine. Okay, nine. Oh, God. Number nine is called Delilah. That's enough. All right, okay. So. Wow. Wow. This is a song about his cat. Yep. One of his cats. His favourite cat. His favourite cat, okay? Mm. And it's very much just about the cat. It isn't. It's not like even an analogy or an allegory. No. It's directly about his yeah. favourite cat. But I don't mind a song about a cat. Oh, I bet Jane, you don't. James Dixon have got a song called My Cat's Name is Maceo. Okay. Oh, they, all and right. It's a very direct song about liking his cat. Okay. But even that is more nuanced than this song. <laughs> the, look, right? And to be entirely fair, yeah. dude is dying. Well, this is it. Doesn't want to let it, let it stay unsaid, right? Yeah. And that is totally your prerogative, bro. Yeah. It's fine. I think he, he, the only way this made it onto a Queen album is him playing the death card. Oh, yeah. No, this is basically, this is how, like, you get a, a disabled kid doing an action scene in a fucking Schwarzenegger <laughs> movie. That's, oh. This is, like, this is a proper, this is a proper kind of, like... Look, you can't tell me no. Yeah, this is... This oh, excuse is, me, mate. This is Freddie Mercury's trip to Disneyland. Yes. That's exactly yeah, what exactly. it is, right? And fair enough, right? It's fucking rubbish. It's awful. Rubbish. It's, this is the worst thing so far, and that's saying something. Yeah, this is bad. Yeah, it shouldn't be on the album. I find it quite charming that it exists. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not hard enough. I've, I'm, you know, I'm a massive fucking pussy around animals. Right? Yeah, of course. And I find it but th- quite yeah, touching, this- but this is... It's all in the execution, isn't it? It's awful. And he this... even says, he, he does like a few lines of him just going, meow. Yes, he does. It's, it's... I really like your kisses. Fucking, what is happening? And, and Roger Taylor apparently hated this. Like He said it shouldn't be on the album. Yeah. But like I said, you presumably just couldn't say no to dying Freddie Mercury. No. And still not, and not look like a cunt. But no, I don't think anyone else in Queen is playing on this song. Yeah. I think Freddie has just had to get his Casio keyboard out, do the entire thing himself, because everyone else has gone, mate. If you're doing it, you're fucking doing it. Yeah, I cannot be involved look, in man, this song. And the thing is, we know here, right? We know, obviously, we know it's not the best song in the world called Delilah. Indeed, right? But what we also can, using our mathematical principles, mm-hmm. deduce from this. Mm-hmm. Is that if there is any other song called Delilah, it is not the worst song called Delilah. 
What if you wrote a new one called Delilah? I want to say this: if if there is another theoretical song that uh-huh. we don't know of, that uh-huh. isn't the Tom Jones song or a cover thereof, yeah, and it's just called Delilah, yeah. And it's not Hey There, Delilah, by the Plain oh, White Tees. I was going to say there's that one. But, but no, no, oh, I see. that's not called Delilah. It's just called Delilah, right? Yeah. And we know that this song exists theoretically. We oh. don't know who's done it or <laughs> who by. Yeah. But what we do know, just using mathematics, <laughs> yeah. is that it's not the worst song called Because this one is the worst it's, song called Delilah. It's, it's bad. impossible to be worse. Yeah. Unless yeah. the other song, Delilah, is about a woman called Delilah that, is, that they've murdered for reasons of race and hatred. Right. Right. And even then... Even the, mm. But even yeah. then, it, if it's got a better tune, exactly. If there's a riff in, yeah. yeah, or or unless someone has just done a remix of this, uh, you know, to a Speed Garage remix or something, then maybe it'd be worse. Oh, I'd like to hear a Speed Garage version of this. Meow, meow, meow. This is this is uh, this is an absolute low point. Yeah, on the album, and again, this comes after a load of downward trajectory is, shit. Yeah, we're not doing well here. Let's no. let's come on brevity. Okay, all right. Track 10, The Hitman. Okay. Oh, actually, just before we move on, Delilah was released as a single in Thailand. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was, it I did. thought it was, Delilah was released into the wild after <laughs> Freddie's death because <laughs> no one else fucking liked them. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, why? I don't I mean, right, I've never been to Thailand. I don't know what music is their particular favourite over there. Why would anyone go... This is the one for the Thai market. No, it's just that the record executive you've had a really bad holiday in Thailand. And it's like, <laughs> you fucking have yeah. this. Swats. <laughs> Came back with food poisoning. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like the budget I've got here can literally buy me all the airplay in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's a, not a lucrative market, but you people will suffer. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Track number 10 then. The Hitman. Yep. Well... Oh, this, one, this is the one that sounds nothing at all like Paradise City. <laughs> Tough rocker. I'm just in a gym living under the street somewhere. Oh, yes. Okay. And, and there you go. So that's the heaviest it's been all album, isn't it? I like this one. Uh, yeah, this is up your street. Yeah, really, I mean, it's, it? it's obvious, but it's fun. Okay. I mean, it is... A yard too close to Paradise City. Right. It really is. It's it. It sounds like a. It sounds like the the song you write because your film wants to use Paradise City, but you oh, can't. Oh, it's it's Stiltskin version, is it? Yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. I see. Right. And it's got a two minute outro, which is just guitars. I know. I mean, this is proper solo territory oh, here. Mate, yeah. yeah. He's, he's getting his fucking money's worth. Yes. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's from like three minutes on. Just to the end is yep. is all solo, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, obviously, you say it sounds a bit like Paradise City. Yes, that is right. But because of that, this is 1991. This just sounds anachronistic to me. This sounds like a lot of these songs, and I don't want to speak ill of Queen, but a lot of these songs sound like a band with no future, um, and they are struggling to keep up. Look, uh, man, I think you'll find that they're touring now with world-class vocalist, oh. um, whatever the fuck that cunt's name is. Uh, Paul... No, no, it's not him. They're not touring with him. They're touring with a... The... Not Paul Rogers. No, no. Oh, they got the no, they bloke t- off... Uh, Adam's... Uh, American where... Idol. Yeah, that fucking bloke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Adam something. Uh... Lambert. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's very good. Uh, I'm not sure he's very good. I think mm. he's rubbish. Well, I have to say, I've never watched a performance with him. I can Shit. only imagine. Shit. Yeah. Anyway... 
Um, anyway, weird. So- this is a strange lyrically. This is about being a hitman for your love. Yeah, it's got uh, my favourite lyric on the album on it though. Oh, what's that? Uh, I've been to the hitman school. <laughs> I see. <laughs> well, how else are you going to be a hitman? I've been to the hitman school uh, of performing arts. <laughs> the hitman yeah. school. Oh, oh, you're Pete Waterman. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, so, uh, uh, 9.30 today, we've got garroting. Nice. I mean, this is just Kingsman, obviously. But, yeah. you know, is there a tuck shop? Right. Uh, anyway, let's go on to track 11. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if we have to. This just... one's called Bijou. Yes. Okay, straight in with guitar. Right, okay. So, this is... This is a track where they experimented with revert. So basically, instead of a guitar solo, there's a vocal solo. Yes. Everything else is told by the power of guitars. Of light, the guitars the, of light. The, 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 yeah, look, basically, stop this. I've written largely instrumental. Yep. Largely uninteresting. Oh, very much. And then I've just written underneath it after a few more minutes, stinker. Oh, it's it's really bad again. It's yeah, shit, it, shit song. It's a load of wanking, mm. a bit of a bit of shit poetry in the middle. Uh, it's it's uh, and that guitar sound as well. Yeah, that's not a 1991 guitar. No, 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 no. It's pretension masquerading as profundity. Mm-hmm. It is no fun. It's yeah. I I have not got the patience for it. Track eleven of this fucking album. No, um, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Fine. So I'm not going to. You can talk about it some more. Um, I mean, the, the only thing I'm going to point out is that apparently the vocals in the middle, of the, the the bit where it would be guitar solo, which actually that's the bit where Freddie sings, are about Jim Hutton, who was Freddie Mercury's last partner in his life. And so there's a poignancy in that. I think he says, we are destined, you'll agree, to spend the rest of our lives with each other, which has a very, very heavy portent knowing no, yep. what, where he's coming from. So it, it's, again, I bet you Freddie Mercury was very keen to say this stuff it's just a shame that he had to say it on this song yeah i agree i agree this is this is absolute nonsense okay yeah i got nothing else on that okay well we are nearly done so track number 12 the show must go on and i do remember this one yeah. yeah, remember this. This is the other kind of big single that I remember. And let's be honest, your heart is dead if it's on it. For sure. Yeah. What are we living for? Abandoned places. I guess we know this goal. On and on. Yeah, this was released in October 91. So this was just before he died. This was the single uh, that was the UK. But I like this. It's not important in it, you know. It's mm-hmm. building towards something. Yep. Yeah, definitely. This is another one that was written by Brian May, but I'm certain that he knew what he was doing. He was giving Freddie Mercury these words to say, because this is all about Freddie. And that's I like this chorus. Oh man, it's a look, great tune. Look, this song is epic. It's really powerful. Yep. I mean, it's bittersweet in all the mm. kind of right ways man it hits those you know it's a it's a big bombastic song with a lot of that silliness in there mm-hmm. uh but it's you know it's it's a real kind of net hairs on the back of your neck definitely song for me definitely I'm, I'm so glad that this one 
is the last one on this record and that we finish it on a high note. Absolutely. You know, if because if, the whole thing, it feels like an overture, doesn't it? It feels like a, this is this is just like an overture to a life. It's just yeah. a kind of callback. Yep. It's kind of got all of these kind of grace notes from other bits of Queen songs. Yep. And it, it just feels like a really nice bookend. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's, it works brilliantly as that. You know, it's got that lyric in it where it's just like, where it, it, gets, it builds and builds and he's just like, I'm going to face it with a grin. I'll never, I'm, I'm never giving in. Yeah. And it's like, mate, that's... No, and he, oh. Exactly, he knew exactly what he was saying. There, there's a real, there's a mixture of strength and vulnerability in this, yeah. uh, which comes through in, in the words and in his singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just when you think, you, you know what he's going through, you know he's seeing that clock counting down and just only facing it absolutely just balls out facing it saying yep this is happening but everything else the show must go on and whether you're talking about you know the world will continue life will go on or if you're talking about my music will always be there uh and queen as a thing will go on whatever it is he's admitting that he's not going to be here for everything and that's a sad thing but it's still, you know, everything else needs to continue and yeah. uh, go with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's, yeah. And it's a brilliant tune. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, the story of this of this song being like, like if you listen to this and you take it on, then you kind of, you know, we've been very critical of quite a lot of this album, and I think with very yeah. good reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you go, right, this is the story of the circumstance that this record's being made through, and people are going like, fuck it, it's all got to go. The, you know, the mask is cracking, but the mm-hmm. smile's still showing. And, you know, yeah, fair enough, right? You can forgive this for being an, uh, an imperfect record. I suspect there are a lot of people have got a very different opinion about this record. Uh, I'm not sure how, but like I say, I'm glad... No, but if you, oh, yeah, if you were a fan at the time and you were invested in queen sure there's a big difference and, uh, yeah you're yeah. absolutely right you know i mean we're gonna get to we're gonna get to usual illusion at, at some point yeah and i'm, and I'm uh, <laughs> you uh, have to defend that and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna have a, probably a slightly different take on it to other people sure but look so that's the end of the record yes uh i like we say it's a long way from a classic oh absolutely I, i'm never gonna put this album on again oh god no no, no i was I, I mean, I think, like I said, I got to about track eight, mm. and I was like, oh, starting. It's just grating. There's a lot of this to go. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it, you know, it's got it's got a couple of moments in it. I, I agree. I mean, there are twelve songs on this. Mm-hmm. Two of them I really like, but the other ten do not do it for me in various uh, levels of don't. Well, do see, it, I mean, I, I mean, I'm gonna say I'm one for twelve on this. Is died on classics uh-huh. like you know the two the kind the kind of the two rock stompers yeah I, i'm fine with right I'm, I'm forgiving of that and that's just probably yeah. where i come from well yeah no that, that's definitely where you you were into that kind of thing especially yeah. at this time yeah, yeah indeed it was so, kind of know, a, i'm a more forgiving of that yeah. um and you know i like i like i say i have i have the problem with the spanish guitar in the first track uh-huh uh, so for me, like for the for the playlist for the playlist, yeah, show must go on is, I mean, done. The show must go on, must go on. Hey, nice. Yeah, fine. Yeah, no, I, I think that's perfect for me. Love it. And I think this is a big enough release that it deserves more than one song. So, okay. Like I would be happy to go 
compromise and go with the first track. You would, because I I do really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I, can I, tell. I really like it. Yeah, no, I, I know you like it. So I, yeah. And I, I don't dislike it. I, I like everything apart from that Spanish guitar, which okay. takes me out of it. And I like everything else in it. So like, that's good right. enough for me. Oh, well, I would love to put that in because, yeah, I think it's... Uh, when you're taking highlights of a, a pretty sub-average album, yeah. I think those two are the ones. Yeah, I, I don't think we can find a third track. No, well, not that we agree on, because no, I don't, exactly. I, no. Exactly. No, okay, well, no, two's fucking wicked for me. I'm more than happy with that. All right, wicked, man. I'm okay, look, on. you know, I'm glad we listened to this record. Yeah, I'm, I am I am almost sorry that it's the first one I listened to all the way through, because it's probably not a good introduction well, to maybe we'll do. Album. Maybe we'll listen to some more Queen albums at yeah, some point. I should point. do some of those things. I should have done it years ago. Yeah, of course, of course. Anyway, that's, what, that's exactly what I was saying about uh, about next week's album. <laughs> yeah, uh, next week we're looking at Alita Adams. Alita Adams, yeah. Circle of One, yeah. Or if you're in America, half a gallon of Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that's even an accurate. No, uh, it's, it's, it's not. I don't care. The joke fucking works. Yeah. Don't at me, cunts. <laughs> right. Um, look. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week with uh, listen to the Elite Rowden's album. Uh, I have been Dave Fenson. I've been Christopher Greer. He's been Waffles T Dog, and we'll catch you next time, people. Cheers, guys. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast. And Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCLMusicPodcast at gmail.com.